1: Dear, what kind of trouble you're in here? Do you? Why are you so hysterical? We always wanted people actually talk about
0: it. I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Allison. Oh, hi, Rob. Oh, hi, listeners. Welcome to Friday, where we're going to talk about minute fifteen of the room in which Mark is clueless.
1: Oh, hi. This is Tierney. I kind of have a theory that oh, this hi, is Kimberly. about to turn into a murder story. If that helps make this minute more interesting for it. yeah,
0: <laughs> It definitely makes my notes more interesting. My first note is Lisa circles Mark touching him.
1: Seriously. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the only reason you walk behind a chair like that is to split the person's throat. She's going to kill him <laughs> next minute. I'm convinced.
2: Can, some, can someone edit, like, the Joanna Reprise from Sweeney Todd, like, over that?
0: Oh, over the footage? Yeah, that'd be cool.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Speaking of audio... How awkward is the pouring noise? It goes on for so long. <laughs> is that Foley work? Was someone just really proud that they got that?
0: Yeah, and probably. I mean, how, do, how else are you going to get the sound right when she's pouring wine in a champagne glass and it's taking forever because it's just so tall?
1: It's not that much though. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't match anything yeah so as this
0: minute begins lisa circles mark and then she pours him wine and in the script she goes to the kitchen and mark picks up a spider-man comic to read while waiting for her and she returns with two cups of coffee and then she explicitly goes to the stereo and puts on classical music and lights the candles which will matter at the end of this minute the beginning of the next minute
1: i hate everything
0: (laughs) (laughs) she also removes her t-shirt reveal a tight dress even though she's wearing jeans so it it doesn't Uh, there's parts that yes it's good
2: i am
1: i am broken and dead now (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
2: okay can can, can i can i just say the line that we've got at the end of this minute is well that got cut off part way through is possibly my favorite line in the film (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because like you can't you can't make this stuff up that that line stayed in there no. it, ma-
1: gave, it gave me so many questions because I was trying to figure out like has this happened before is he into it I I
2: this
0: is their role play where he pretends like he's clueless because yeah. that's what she's into
1: oh, I honestly that would make as much sense as anything that would make as much sense as anything oh.
2: I mean maybe the entire film's like his role play <laughs> <laughs> That, that would give more questions, but still less questions than are left by the, the film.
0: That's why they have to remind him he's the best friend, repeatedly. <laughs> or he has to, because he has to get into character. It's like a murder mystery thing where he's like, yeah, I'm Mark. I'm not, his best friend. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: that's it.
1: I can make a babysitters club reference in this minute too. I did not see that coming when you asked me to guest on this. <laughs> because those books, the second chapter is always the introduction to all the characters. And mm. it's always the same thing. And so yeah, he's just, uh, he's just one of the babysitters. <laughs> oh my God. What is this? Why is this? I feel like
2: I need to see this that you're talking about. <laughs> oh my
1: God. It's a pretty good movie.
2: For a kids movie, yeah. Yeah,
1: that's the thing. I had the book. Yeah. The Babysitter's Club, is that what we're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, and then they they did the movie, and it's got a lot of very good female actresses.
0: Yeah, people who, like, grew up to keep acting. Super young.
1: It's so weird. But this is, oh, God. Oh, God, her flirting technique. Because I get, like, Luke, cover your ears. We've all been young. (laughs) We all thought this was flirty and hot, like, but we grew up and we realized, oh no.
0: Well, yeah, and she looks down at the strings, unties yeah. them completely before asking if he minds.
1: Also, they're in her yeah. house, she controls like, the thermostat. It,
0: right, it's hot in here, so turn the air up, you know? Yeah. But... Tommy's got money, he's getting a promotion maybe. Um,
2: oh god.
0: No, see, in the script though, she knows Tommy didn't get the promotion. Johnny didn't get the promotion. Oh. So, she's trying to save on, you know, money. Not gonna turn the air on today.
2: Yeah, the fact that Johnny basically is Tommy Wiseau makes it really hard to say tommy or johnny we i try i try to refer to him as we
0: and the character is johnny but i ma- I still mix it up like yeah.
2: or is it wisso instead of wisso i'm just saying it wrong the whole it'd be
0: wisso it. because it's okay. uh yeah. it's a respelling of the french word for bird
2: have you done like an awful lot of research into this or is this just knowledge we should all know
0: <laughs> no i i read oh, wow. uh, the disaster artist and i read sandy Chaclair's book yes i directed the room and every issue so far of uh, Philip Haldeman's comic, My Big Break. So, yes.
1: I just, as someone who talks about a 1970s movie that's accused of misogyny a lot, can I also just bring us all down for a minute to say how awkward it makes this whole Lisa is the villain story? hmm That it's yeah. Tommy Johnny. Johnny Tommy. Oh, yeah. going to invent an underwear company next. Mm-hmm. Tommy John's? Is that what we're talking about? Wait, yep. what Tommy John's?
0: No, Tommy Johnny is the character. He just has both names. <laughs> <on>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and someday whole will uh... Actually,
0: that kind of works. I, I think that works. We just... It doesn't matter what we call him. Yeah, uh, he just is. <laughs> he's, he's him. I mean, everyone knows what we're talking about. Right. <laughs> it's fine. And, mm. yeah, so she t- unties her thing? Sweater? <laughs> robe?
1: Yeah. Thing quite, is kind of fair, honestly, because yeah. it's one of those kind of a sweater, kind of a shirt.
0: Real quick, yeah. there is an underwear company called Tommy John. Oh, yeah,
1: that's they—they they advertise on a lot of podcasts.
0: Yeah, so. but that's not his though.
1: Yeah, but I—I want to see that like IP fight.
0: Yeah. So Lisa takes off that thing, uh, <laughs> revealing her arms and shoulders, and
1: uh, bow, bow, bow.
0: as Mark says, no. <laughs> I I put in my notes, Mark looks at her like he's never seen a woman before. (laughs) (laughs) Like, he's surprised. There's arms and shoulders under there.
1: (laughs) But notice he never drinks. Yeah. Would it be poisoned? Does this feed into the theory that he's an
2: alien? Am I sensing, like, a follow-up theory to the Mean Girls theory that Karen's an alien?
1: Yeah. Well, I'm just thinking that if he's an alien wearing a human suit, Then maybe it makes sense that he's like oh there are shoulders it's like something was wearing air why are you wearing that stupid man suit like a like a suit
0: an suit yeah and he's his like his alien race and tommy's alien race are from two different planets oh they were drawn to each other but they don't know why and Lisa's just caught in the middle. We're
1: fighting over the human race embodied by Lisa.
0: And she
2: was the first woman they both met. That movie's already better than The Room.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we did it, guys!
2: I, I, I really want to see like any any movie where the like a review tagline is better than The Room.
1: A <laughs> 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 review, yeah. yeah.
2: That, that should
0: have just been the tagline for the disaster artist. It's better than the room.
2: Well, that's good. I could just get one of you to say that quote for the next one of films. The next <laughs> film I <one of> make. My...
0: <laughs> next time you post one on Facebook, ask people to watch. i will be like, ah. "Well, it's
2: better than the room." Uh... Yeah,
1: noted experts yeah. say better than the room.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um. You now, acting when he starts his line about the candles and everything seems a little better. He's got an au- He's more awkward. It's not great, but he, like, it's like he realizes something weird is happening.
2: His best piece of acting is the line that makes no sense.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, this minute we'll cut him off in the middle of the line, but the whole line is, I mean, the candles, the music, the sexy dress. I mean, what's going on here? <laughs> what is going
1: on here? <sighs> Mark, Mark, you dumb alien, you. <laughs>
0: and Sistero's backstory in his head was that he's an undercover cop, so he must not be a very good cop. Mm. Nope. Like she's removing clothing and well, I was gonna say and lighting candles, except she didn't light any candles.
1: Candles are already lit in his heart.
0: <laughs> he, he, in their role play, she had a script for him. He has his line, but she forgot her mm-hmm. part.
2: But the 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 thing is, like the comment on the music, the only way you can allow that is if somehow the score to the film is like diegetic. I don't know. Well, yeah. That <laughs> leaves more questions. In the script,
0: it actually works better because she specifically went and to the stereo and put on classical music. She specifically lights the candles.
1: After bringing him that sexy come hither coffee.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: uh-huh.
0: Well, you gotta distract him from the Spider-Man comic. And then she removes a t-shirt instead of the thing. And so it's a little more obvious and she, all of this line does make more sense.
2: The score is actually like one of the decent things about the film. Like the soundtrack is pretty good. Yeah, the the background music is fine. Fine. It's a little repetitive, but it's fine. Yeah, it it got on my nerves this time. (laughs) I think first time around with the film, I hardly ever noticed the soundtrack, but this time around I was like, yeah, it's like the same piece of music.
1: Well, some of those scenes that you're too young to be watching, it's really obvious.
2: Well,
0: yeah, those songs are not great. But Tommy didn't want to get big popular songs because this is his movie and he owns it.
1: Plus he was going to pay all that money to use a Spider-Man comic.
0: <laughs> yeah now we have other stuff to talk about because it's Friday, so any other comments on the content of mm. this minute?
1: You mean Mark's last minute alive? No, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> uh, once he takes a sip of that wine, he's poisoned. He's done. I'm convinced.
2: Just to reinforce how incredible that line is at the end, and yeah, yeah, that, that that's it.
0: <laughs> now, uh before we get to bad movies, um notes from a midnight screening, notes from a midnight screening. Usually someone points out it's the wrong fucking glass. That <laughs> when she starts to take off that thing, multiple people will scream don't or no, <laughs> tie it back up. <laughs> and they tell Mark that she roofied him. Mm-hmm. But the best thing is at the end of this minute, begin the next one. I mean, the candles. And they say, what candles? The music. What music? The sexy dress, I mean... What sexy dress? What's going on here? Because none of those things are happening. Mm -hmm.
2: Do you think anyone's gone to a screening of The Room, knowing nothing about The Room, and been extremely confused by... Mm. That must have happened at some point. I, I, I would... I would
0: suggest if anyone's going to go to a midnight screening, watch the movie first Mm -hmm. because you will miss things. You will have a good time, but you won't necessarily get all of the joy of the movie itself. Mm -hmm. But midnight screenings I do recommend because they are fun. Now, I know what you're going to bring up, Luke, so you can go first with uh, your bad movie recommendation of the week. I know
1: it. It all sounds like some bad movie.
0: Bad movie of the week.
2: Okay, um, I might suggest that you make yourself a cup of tea or coffee before I say the title because it's long enough. <laughs> um, it's uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation Two: Cousin Eddie's Island Adventure. It's if, if if you've got any sort of interest in the original films, then this might ruin them for you. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I think there's valid reason why it's not in the, the Vacation Blu-ray box set or yeah. anything like that. They've they decided to take the character who everyone loves to hate from the first film and make him the main character in this. And you can't base an entire film following a character you hate.
0: No. the The weird thing for me about... Christmas Vacation too is it's written by a guy who produced all the other ones, yeah. but he's only written like two things ever.
2: Um, I've heard some things about Matty Simmons. Okay, some not completely nice things. Um, I I I'm gonna plug my my show here. Um, <laughs> I, uh, on episode three of Please Be Seated, I spoke with one of the head writers for the National Lampoon, and he has a lot of things to say about Matty Simmons and his experience there. So. Uh, I recommend listening to that. Okay. Uh, I can't remember exactly what he said, so I'm just going <laughs> to suggest everyone listens to the episode with Dave instead. All right. <laughs> now, before we were recording, I said that uh, Christmas Vacation 2 is
0: a movie that it's hard to say there's anything actually good about it, but there are a couple things that I like. And um, Almost every time the original Audrey is on screen, she is trying to make a good movie. Yeah. She is acting, she is trying... I
2: feel so bad that she came back for that.
0: And I was surprised when I looked it up and I'm like, how old is she when
2: this movie happened? Cause she's like 40, I think, when they make it. She does not look that old. But she looks like she's in her twenties. Yeah. Or even like a late teenager. It's quite, yeah. And the other, the other good
0: thing is the plot itself could almost be a good movie. Like this family gets on a vacation, gets, it, well actually it is several movies, I think. Family gets stuck on an island and has to figure out how to survive there. And even the father being so dumb that he accidentally kills food and everyone thinks he's good at what he's doing, is that's a funny moment.
2: You explain the story, and it sounds like you'd be watching a good movie. Yeah. And Eric Idle's in this. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm ashamed that such a an iconic British comedy actor. Is... The director is a guy who works a lot in television. Like,
0: he has done an episode of so many good shows, and several of them are good episodes of those shows. And so there's there's like parts here that should be a good movie that's funny, but it's like every time they try to tell a joke, it's not funny.
2: Yeah, and I can't figure out why. Like, I can't put my finger on what's actually bad about it, other than the fact that it is bad.
0: I'm I'm gonna steal this. Red Letter Media did a best of the worst where they watched this movie, and they talk about like a lot of part of comedy is you try to bring it's bringing down someone that's like high up. When a rich person falls over, it's funny because. The lowering of stature. Eddie is already the worst, and then the movie just has random bad things happen. There's no reason for the pipes to break for this plot. And then you forget about it before it comes right. back. And then they keep coming back to the water flooding the house, like it's going to be funny. And I'm like, no, that has nothing to do with the movie anymore. It wasn't even funny the first right. time. <laughs> like,
2: um, is Eric Idle playing the same character as European Vacation?
0: I think that's the implication. Yeah. Yeah. Because so. same guy who just keeps getting hurt.
2: And the original Audrey like, I'm pretty sure I'm right in saying that she didn't know that she wasn't in European vacation until they were part way through filming.
0: (laughs) That's probably true, yeah.
2: I think I heard that, because, like, um, Auntie Michael Hall was doing weird science, and so he couldn't work on two huge projects at the same time, so they just kicked her off as well. Yeah, they made it like a joke. Mm. Yeah, she was asked to do the film, and then she just found out that they were filming without her, and Mm. that's it. So I suppose she just sort of any invitation to come back to the franchise yeah and she's trying when she shows up sad and she's like i'm the her open first line
0: is i'm gonna kill myself and it's this is rude to say but it's hilarious because she's just like what the hell just happened this woman comes to the scene and
2: announces she's gonna kill herself and why is this happening who's who's the target audience for this by the way With, like, references to suicide and occasional, like, sex references that means it's not a kid's film, but also, like, it's...
0: Well, yeah, like, there's a moment where the kid and the grandpa are both spying on the woman who ended up on the island with them. Yeah. As she's bathing in a lagoon.
2: And I don't know why that scene's there. I feel like it just needed Lampoon, and that's why they put it there. Like, it's... I mean, that's where the shower scene was in the first vacation film, was just because Lampoon, like, required nudity. But it's like they're about to, and then they, like, chickened out because it's a family film or whatever, and it's like, what's the point? Well,
0: this movie was edited to be on television. Yeah. And so it then, yes, they're spying on her, but you don't see anything. And so it's like, that scene served no purpose. When it actually could have been a nice character moment that the kid and the grandpa are... Talk after or something.
2: Or she spots them, and there's some sort of tension between their characters right. while they're stuck on an island. Or yeah, anything like that.
0: Like there could be a better movie with all of the elements that are here, just none of them work. Similar to the room in a way.
2: I'm just thinking her bathing scenes very similar to the one from Blue Lagoon. Do you think that's deliberate? Well, how else are you going to film someone in a lagoon? That's true. There's not really any other <laughs> ways of recording someone showering, especially
0: them. if you're deliberately trying to only show them from the back.
2: How else you yeah. But yeah, it, it's just, it's so weird, this movie. I, the weird thing is, yeah, the fact that it was a made-for-TV movie, mm-hmm. it came across to DVD release here in the UK. Yeah. Like, so someone thought it was good enough, or I suppose at least had marketing points, I suppose that's the main thing, um, to release it over here. And you can rent it on Amazon Prime. Yeah, for anyone who um, is too happy and wants a bad time, then you can sit and watch Christmas Vacation too. Okay. Now, Tierney. All
1: right. Yes. Um. So I got totally caught out that I didn't look at the details about this podcast <laughs> until this morning. But I've I've had, and the other problem is I am a generally optimistic person, and so there are very few movies that like I've watched that are that bad. But I decided so. Originally, I was going to – I just have to give a quick shout-out to The Parent Trap 2, which is also a sequel and was direct-to-TV. But mustache Tom Skerritt in tube socks as, like, the sex symbol of the movie is really a choice. So, Are
2: you
0: suggesting that Tom Skerritt is not sexy?
1: Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, okay. I'm suggesting that him wearing short shorts in a 1985 direct-to-TV movie (laughs) – is is a choice (laughs) because it's weird because like the little girls are trying to set up their parents like your dad is so hot and i'm just like what what no what is happening here but i i decided i was like i'm gonna go i'm gonna go original and well original quote unquote original 2004's van helsing should be a good movie But isn't, and it will have moments of goodness that lull you into thinking you're watching a good movie.
0: Mm, yeah.
1: And then it will all fall apart spectacularly again. Like, I pulled it up on IMDb, and it's scrolling through the images, and I'm just like, Ugh! Oh, yeah! <laughs> right! I forgot about that part! <laughs> So that's my recommendation and I feel like it can be a recommendation because you can have a lot of fun watching Van Helsing. Oh yeah. But you are yeah. not watching a good movie, you're watching a bad movie. That's where I came down on this.
0: Right. <laughs> well, the, a good bad movie is entertaining along the way even if it is just because you are constantly trying to figure out how did they get this wrong.
1: Mm. If you look at the elements of Van Helsing, of the story, of the actors involved, of the production quality, it should be amazing.
2: Is this the 2004 one?
1: Yeah. Yes.
0: Yes.
2: Yeah. Which, uh, yeah, when it came out, it looked like
0: it should be a good movie.
1: It should have been amazing! It's right at my wheelhouse, and it just... Oof, it's bad. And Like, it just... I love stories are happening, but they're not happening, but then, kind of back, and daytime is changing mid-fight scene, and it's, it's <laughs> weird.
0: And if I remember right, there were a few movies similar in like tone and look around that same time where it was like maybe the special effects had gotten to a point where people thought they could make these really awesome horror films and whatever and mm-hmm. then but they wasn't quite there where it could be believable and so it ends up as this weird mix yeah
1: where they're not
0: putting in enough
2: effort
1: it's a very strange tone
2: <laughs> do you think that to inhabit your the, the american way of it do you think that a, a PG-13 horror film can work, or is it not ideal? Yeah, It, it depends work. on the kind of horror film. Yeah. Like, if you're making um. a slasher film, I don't think it should ever be PG-13.
0: Because part of that, the way it plays with the tone, you know, me from Michael Myers' minute, is that you want it to have that sexual element about these young people trying to do adult things, yeah. and then getting killed. And so it helps. But there are plenty of horror films that don't need that. And in the 90s, you got a lot of that because you didn't need to put sex and in a movie because people could get yeah. that at home. And now you can get it on your phone. So movies don't need to put that in to be yeah. titillating. So you A can monster titillate.
1: movie doesn't necessarily have to be R.
0: Right. Or a good thriller, you know, something like Psycho,
2: where exactly. you know, it doesn't have yeah. to have that. Mm-hmm. Psycho, for some reason, is still rated 15 here, and I don't really know why. I don't know.
0: I mean, that you do get a shower scene, but you do not see anything.
2: Yeah, although I think I read that when it came out, it was controversial for containing strong violence and nudity, and yeah. then people have like, since gone now. Well, in
0: 1960, that much skin was a big deal. Hmm. Now it's just like, do you see nipples? No. Do you see pubic hair? No. And so it's fine. But in
2: 1960, it's like, I
0: saw her stomach. That is controversy.
2: Sexy,
0: sexy time.
2: Mm-hmm. And yet it's the same era as like the carry-ons and things like that, where... Mm,
1: Yeah, Yeah, I usually think of British as being more lenient with stuff like that. Maybe that just really shows my Monty Python brainwashing.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah, there's a... The Monty Python flight, you say, yeah, Psycho is a 15, but the complete Monty Python's Flying Circus is rated 12 on DVD, and I watched it when I was 12, and I'm like, there's actually an awful lot of stuff here that shouldn't really be 12-year-olds.
1: Maybe it's not helping with close over their
2: head. They've also recently re-rated Life of Brian. Oh! Hmm. Like, you know, like Life of Brian has now been classified to 12, and it's like, there's like quite strong nudity in that film.
1: Yeah. But
2: isn't, isn't I, the nudity in that film, it has nothing
0: to do with sex, though? Is that the distinction? It does I think it's... it's that's it's, that's it's, a way you can yeah. get a distinction in the, in the US.
2: Hmm. I think they said, like, when I was chatting, because I was at a, uh, a filmmaking event at the House of Commons, actually, and uh, they had a guy who works for age writing films and stuff there, and I was chatting with him about it. And I think he said because not many twelve-year-olds are interested in seeing Monty Python, he doesn't want to stop the twelve-year-olds who are from being able to watch the film. <laughs> which just nice. is just interesting. It's an interesting way. I think if it was a a film like a new, like if a Marvel film did that or something, then you know. That'd be an issue. Yeah. Mm. Right.
0: If it's not that popular, if it's, it's
2: like, it's
1: PG temple of doom. <laughs> we all know, you know, going yeah. into it, what you're getting.
0: <laughs> At least you really hope so. Yeah. I mean, well, temple of doom is when they built that rating here for us.
1: Yeah. But what I mean is like now temple of doom is still rated PG because that's what it was rated, mm-hmm. but everyone knows, oh, this is one of those movies... Do
2: you not get them reclassified and re-put no. through the system? Okay. No.
1: Plus it's a different... for You know, like, if it's re-released... It, if that was re-released into theatres, they'd probably slap a new rating on it, but if it's just... You know, that would be, like... And not just a movie theatre showing it, but if they they would do it.
2: <laughs> Yeah, like recently, Mrs. Doubtfire, I think, has gone from twelve, sorry, from PG to twelve, hmm. huh. um, for like sex references or something. Um, which I think is like an, I think it's an odd decision with some of them when they've been around for a while to yeah. re them.
0: Well, we we've had the same ratings standards essentially since what the '60s. MPAA and yeah. movies have gotten more lenient in what they like. They'll put more into a movie. I don't think Temple of Doom would get it, would get a rating change because now a PG movie might have some of that. Yeah. Mm. But maybe it's on that cusp. Yeah. And so because it's Spielberg, they could probably get away with releasing it as PG because Spielberg's got clout, which is why that whole PG 13 thing is interesting to me because he's the one who like made that rating and got it done because he realized he was. Well, through.
1: what pisses me off is that it depends on who the audience is for. And it doesn't make any difference. I saw a six year old walk into the Deadpool theater.
0: Yeah. I mean, assuming the parent knows what they're in for and takes the kid on
2: purpose, that's cool. You can do that with, you can do that with ours. That's what I, Mm -hmm. that's what I like the idea of your cinemas in in America. Like, we've got very sort of specific ages with them that there's, well, we've got 12A. Which is, like, if you're under 12, then you go with an adult. But every, everything else is, like, 15, 18. They ID you when you come in, even if you were the parent. No difference. And
1: You will be. But, yeah, and, uh, anyway, the, the point I was making is still sometimes they want a specific rating. Like, even though something is violent, they will negotiate down to a PG-13 mm-hmm. because they want to get more people to say. Or they will say, we don't want this to be a PG-13 movie. We want it to be R, so it will be marketed as an R movie. Yeah. And so we'll add this one thing to push it over the edge.
0: Um Tierney, if the listeners have liked hearing you, where can they... Ooh, I am
1: all over MoviesByMinutes.com. I've guested on a bunch of these shows. I've also guested on some non-MoviesByMinutes.com. So if you go to OneSteelSister.com and go to Podcast Guest Appearances, you'll find... All of those, including the things outside of this genre. As much as I love it, as much as I am totally pro this community. OneSteelSister.com is kind of my catch-all website for things, so that's where you can find links to Return to Us Minute, The NeverEnding Minute, MASH Minute, and Joe Versus The Minute. And it sounds like Robert will have to have you on as a guest.
2: <laughs> yes, definitely. And Luke, once again, okay, where can I find you? Yeah. You you can hopefully find me on a few like random movie by minutes uh, but the best way to find me is um, my show Please Be Tweeted which Please Be Seated (laughs) I'm on Twitter at Please Be Tweeted my show is called Please Be Seated Um, you can find it on Facebook you can find it on iTunes, Spotify whatever my YouTube channel is Bottle Productions where I make short films and things like that I think that's all I do now Oh, you could email me at alallenfilm at outlook.com if for some reason you, like, want to get in touch with me. Um, yeah. <laughs> there we go. Oh, and I'm at lana underscore bottle zero. But
0: it's nothing wrong when people make fun of the project, in this case, The Room. The Room Minute is a production of Lemming Drops Studio. You can find more content at lemmingdrops.com. Follow The Room Minute on all the obvious social
1: media. If you've got any stupid comments after the show,
0: you can leave them in your pocket on Facebook. If you like what you hear, throw us a rating and a review on your podcatcher of choice. Thank you for listening, and remember, if a lot of people loved each other, the world would be a better place to live. Leave us!